Welcome to another episode of Chris Reed's book. Welcome to this week's month's episode of Chris Reed's book. I am Chris Pullman, your host, and this is the podcast where I read parts of my books to you, my audience. I apologize for how long it's been since I've recorded one of these. It was um, <laughs> my full intention to try and get one done once a month. Uh, as I had said in my last podcast, I thought that was only a month ago, and it's been about three, so... <laughs> I do apologize for that. Something I'm going to try and do, though, uh, with everything that I can. I've recently taken on a new position in the company I work for, and that frees up a little bit of my time during the day because the, uh, the hour expectations are a little bit different. So what I'm going to try and do is release two podcasts a week that I'll try and record during my uh, lunch on Mondays and Fridays, and then I'll release the podcasts either later that day or the day after, so Monday or Tuesday and Friday or Saturday, and uh, I'd love your feedback on how these are going. Since it is going to be during lunch, during about a half hour time span, I might not get as much in in a podcast as I once did, but you know, that might not be such a bad thing either if I'm putting out to a week. So this week I'm going to try and get through uh, two chapters. Uh, we'll see how that goes because I do have to stop and get online for a meeting at you know within 25 minutes of now. So uh, with that though I think we'll jump into this. This is uh, again Chris Reed's book where I read parts of my book. This is the second novel that I wrote. It's a science fiction piece called uh, Martian Reporter, Humanity's New Hope, and this is basically picking up the story from the first book of this Martian reporter, uh, James Hall, who I'm going to try and just call Jim, because there's another James in the story, because I like to make things confusing apparently, and uh, James Hall was given basically superpowers via technology by this guy who he found out was 500 years old, came from Earth, came from a time on Earth where there was a global civil war by these superhumans who were granted their powers by the same sort of technology. And here, the struggle is basically coming back. The the antagonist those 500 years ago has come back and now it's James Hall's responsibility as we'll see to kind of take up that struggle again and try and once again save humanity from this evil. The first chapter that we'll do today and then if I have time for a second I'll do it. First one is Chaos's Meeting Aftershocks. Uh, chaos are 
antagonist had just met with the Speaker of the Martian House of Commons, if I remember. It's been a while since I've read my own book. And uh, this is the person who is the de facto leader of the um, non-military organization that Chaos started before he went away for 500 years. So he didn't exactly have the nicest conversation with this gentleman, and that's where we pick up. Sir, I, I don't think that was very wise, Lewis Chaos's assistant said, running to catch up with him after making repeated, and in Chaos's opinion, unnecessary apologi apologies to the speaker and his staff. Uh, by the way, I probably won't edit these too much, so I apologize if I stumble a lot. To me, it just makes it more real. Anyway, back into the story. The man's a blundering fool. Wouldn't know rain if it hit him in the face. Sir, despite your opinion, Lewis began now at Chaos's elbow. Chaos cut him off. Not an opinion, twerp. Speaker's as bereft of useful thoughts as a mushroom. He screamed the last back toward the speaker's office. Sir, Lewis murmured, he, he is a powerful man regardless. He may have been a powerful man, but nowhere near as powerful as I. Sir, I do understand, but p please remember that it is how powerful you were. But by your own design, the movement has grown to follow him, and you, sir, do not wield the powers you once did. Lewis had two very valid points. Cass's plan had worked better than even he could have hoped. The cause now held sway, though not total control, over every branch and agency of the Terran Triune government. While his military forces may have been defeated, Chaos's cause had come out triumphant. And if Lewis's pessimism was to be believed, the cause had outgrown its old leader. Even if you are Chaos, the cause has no more need for you, the speaker had said. How dare you! Chaos had exclaimed. How dare you, sir! The speaker had replied in kind. You came in here, claiming to be the progenitor of our cause. Its father! One who died centuries ago. And who promised to one day return as I have! Chaos interjected. Even if I were to believe such was possible, what do you expect of me? All Terrans are part of the Republic, a Republic whose kind has not been seen since the city-states of Rome. Greece, Chaos had seethed under his breath. Even if I was so inclined, I could not simply hand you power. The people have a voice guarded and guaranteed by our Constitution. Damn the Constitution, and damn your inability. I am the rightful leader of the cause, and will be afforded my rightful place, Chaos exclaimed. A speaker's lips thinned, his nostrils flaring, and as he sat back in his chair, he said, You will have nothing so long as I live. <laughs> Over your dead body, then, and anyone else's who gets in my way. Chaos had punctuated by storming out of the office and slamming the door. Remember, he thought to himself, ripping someone's arms off worked in the past. 
chaos had created, shaped, and nurtured the cause over the centuries precisely so that he could wield it as a tool in his reascension to power. How dare this toad of a man stand in his way? He would have to be publicly removed. The cause must have no doubts that its true leader was back. Its current leaders must also hold no doubt as to what would happen if they opposed chaos. Lewis, chaos said as they descended the stairwell to the office building's underground parking ramp. What resources are at our disposal? Um, after that meeting, sir, few, and the speaker has no doubt already sent out communiques to his subordinates, instructing them to disregard any requests by either of us, sir will be entirely cut off from the cause. Chaos stopped mid-step and turned to look back up the stair at Lewis. The light, he knew, hit him just right so as to create some of his old, terrifying ambience. His perfected countenance did the rest, making Lewis feel as though he had been stared down upon. That cannot happen, Chaos said sternly. You were chosen to be my liaison to this time. By whom and why? More the tone by which the statement was delivered than any forcefulness behind it compelled a hasty answer from Lewis. By a small but influential faction within the cause, uh, one that has, over the centuries, uh, steadfastly refused to believe that you would truly abandon us. What resources does this faction yet control? Fewer by the year, sir. Yet some caches of weapons and stores of various critical supplies remain. We kept secret what we could, and though as our influence in the cause fades, those who control such stores defect and take them with them. Chaos molded over in his mind. Weapons would be a good starting point, though not enough by themselves. Could your faction field even a platoon? Possibly many more, sir. But they are a very suspicious group. They would not hand over control to you, especially not in the position you're in. Chaos waved off the comment. Such can be remedied. Take me to the nearest cache that you can arrange for my use. We have an event to plan for the speaker. <laughs> Chaos turned and continued down the stairs. After a couple of steps, he heard Lewis begin after him. I know what he's thinking, Chaos thought to himself. The man before me is terrifying now. How much more so must he have been at the height of his power? And such assuredness. <laughs> no doubt that this one is truly Chaos returned. Little could Lewis know of how Chaos's hand had been there all along, subtly guiding the cause. It had, of course, been so much easier when he still held the reins on his old powers. Implanted suggestion was such an easy task, and one that worked so well. Time and again Chaos had sought an audience with one of the many speakers in the guise of constituent. Then, so easily after decades of practice, he would implant the suggestion, a seed, a bud of a thought, and then simply step back and let it grow. Now, though, Bereft of such luxuries, he would have to resort to old tactics, ones that used more force than finesse. So much the better. Sharing a body with Eric all these centuries had made Chaos hunger for good old-fashioned combat, 
and as he stepped into the parking ramp, he saw his bloodlust would be satisfied. By their reaction, the burly guards were there for him. He felt a familiar twinge. So, he said to the person he assumed was in charge, what is your purpose? Sir, the man began, the speaker informed our office that you had threatened him and his staff. <laughs> that I did, Chaos replied jovially. He felt Lewis emerge from the stairs. Lewis, he said over his shoulder, these don't happen to be yours, do they? No, sir, Lewis replied. There was a twinge of fear in his voice. They're secret service, the special branch reporting solely to the speaker, judging by the collar pins. Chaos spotted the pins now, laurels around a pentagon, scroll crossed with a gavel, and there along the bottom edge, the words in Latin reading, solely to the chief. All the group stood at least a head taller than Chaos, himself a man of nearly two meters. They also seemed in top physical condition. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Chaos said toward the small group, we are at an impasse. You seek to take me in, and I refuse to go anywhere with you. Well, except for the blonde in back. <laughs> I'll go anywhere with her. Anger flashed through the woman's eyes, but she remained still. Sir, the leader said, his baritone voice taking on a serious tone. The speaker has instructed us to take you into custody. We do not fail the speaker. <laughs> Tonight you do, Chaos said, dropping back into a defensive stance. The leader eyed Chaos, seeing only a smaller and seemingly less capable figure. So be it, he said. Immediately and with a swiftness Chaos enjoyed, the men to the leader's left and right came forward. The oh-so-familiar twinge Chaos had felt blossomed. The men seemed to freeze mid-grasp. Stepping neatly forward, Chaos crushed their temples in an instant. Stepping back into the place he had been, he allowed time to flow back around himself. The men fell, lifeless, on Chaos's feet. The others had seen, if anything, a blur. Chaos, it seemed, had not moved at all. The leader's eyes grew enraged as he surveyed his dead men. You will regret that, the man rumbled. Bet I won't, Chaos taunted as a wicked smile spread across his face. Authorized, the man said. With that, all members of the group drew some sort of weapon. It shared some qualities of a taser from Old Earth. Sir, look out, Lewis managed before time once more folded around Chaos. He could feel the air about him buzz with energy. The weapons had already begun to take effect. He could just as easily as allow his nanites to deal with the oncoming barrage, though his bloodlust demanded an alternative reaction. Stepping out of his place in time, Chaos felt himself pierce the field's boundary. It was powerful and intense, but not meant to be lethal. Even as he moved, Chaos could feel the charge building. Judging by the directions the squad was pointing their weapons, Lewis was being targeted by two of them. Four others had drawn a bead on Chaos. Fighting the urge to simply dispatch these six as he had the first two, Chaos moved quickly through the group. He moved the power cells of four of the weapons, two of those pointed at Lewis, and set two more to overload. 
Not knowing these weapons, doing so should yield an interesting result, Chaos thought. Once more he stepped out of the group, this time returning to a place just beside where he had been. He let time flow back around him. Eric had used his power well, but Chaos had perfected it. Nearly no time had passed, not only for the squad to gain only enough for the squad to gain some vague understanding of what was going on. A pair of sharp whines filled the underground structure, increasing to an ear-splitting intensity. Explosions engulfed the two squad members whose weapons had overloaded. Fascinating, Chaos mused, watching. The two fell to the floor, their skin reddening as welts formed over their twitching forms. Hmm, third-degree electrical burns, Chaos said as he looked from one to the other, then back to the squad in time to see the leader pull a spare energy pack from a belt holster. No, 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 Chaos chided, flinging one of the stolen packs, knocking the spare out of the leader's hand and, judging by the crunch, breaking bones. To his credit, the man merely grunted. What the devil are you? the man demanded. I am Chaos, rightful leader of the cause, progenitor and father heir to the war of noble cause, and you are dead! Chaos added as he blurred between where he had been standing and where the squad's leader stood. As Chaos replaced the man's position, the leader flew backward into a steel crate pillar, wrapping partially around it backwards. I would suggest, Chaos said, that the rest of you go for help. If either of these, he motioned to the two electrically burned squad members, can be saved. Otherwise, stand aside lest you join them. The blonde woman was first to move. Keeping her eyes on Chaos, she knelt down beside one of the two and took a pulse. They're alive, she said flatly. She rose and turned sideways, making room for Chaos to pass. Lewis, Chaos said over his shoulder, shall we carry on? Yes, sir, Lewis replied, awe evident in his voice. Chaos strode over to their car and climbed in, followed by Lewis and then set the car to exit the building. Where should we be headed, Lewis? We, um, Lewis replied, the scene he had witnessed only now catching up to him. We need to head to the outskirts of New London. Uh, there's a large warehouse. There is its largest and best hidden cache of ours in the area. Its owner is one of us. Shall I punch it into the Nava panel? If you would, Chaos said, leaning back in his seat. Luce's mind raced with what he had just seen. All he had really seen were flashes of movement, blurs of color, and, and bodies collapsing to the ground. How could a person move so fast? How much of my history do you know, Lewis? How much history do your people accurately keep about me? All of it, sir, though the censors successfully wiped it from Terran history, the, the cause kept it so we could recognize you when you returned. Good. Chaos cooed. A chill ran through Lewis as Chaos began to whistle an old Rolling Stones tune. The man sitting beside him had just killed three stronger, larger people, and now he appeared to have forgotten the whole affair. As Chaos came to the chorus of the song, he intoned, Please allow me to, please to meet you. Hope you guess my name. 
Returning to whistling, he enjoyed the slight trembling of the man beside him. Even without enhanced ability, his own senses had become sharply attuned to signs of fear and dread. Yes, Lewis would serve chaos well. And that is uh, Chaos's meeting aftershocks. That's all I'm going to be able to record today. But uh, if you found that little tidbit interesting, I encourage you to go back and listen to all of my recordings from both my first novel and this one. They're available at narclanic.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C. Dot com. Go to the podcast portion of the site, go to the Chris Reads book page, and there are all the raw MP3s of my podcast episodes. Also, uh, you can find me on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. Just search for Chris Reads book. And also, uh, back on my webpage, on the Chris Reads book page, there will be links out to my Twitter, to my Facebook where you can subscribe, where you can follow me, where you can like me, and uh, get updates. Every time I post a new podcast episode, I will also post that I put that out there on Facebook, so you can get notified that way. Uh, if you want to help support the show, if you've been a long-time listener, thank you for sticking around for all these months when I didn't put out any content. If you enjoy the episodes and you want to help support the show, Please, the best thing you could do is to share it with a friend, a family member, a co-worker, someone you know who you think would enjoy the story. And I encourage you to come back week after week as I put out more podcast episodes for you. Thank you for coming by, and we will see you next time. <laughs>